Have you ever asked yourself, why am I here? Why was I born? What is the reason I'm on this planet? Welcome to the Purpose Hunter podcast. My name's Matt Barafato, and I'm the Purpose Hunter. I started this podcast with one goal in mind, and that was to help individuals that were struggling with these life questions. People that don't know the answers and they're looking for clues or looking for just anything that will help them to figure this out. So you'll always hear me do interviews with ordinary people. And some of these people have figured out why they're on this planet. And some of these people just aren't sure. And some of these people don't know at all. But they will give you clues that you will be able to apply to your life and help you figure out why are you on this planet? What is your purpose for being? This is Matt Barafato, the Purpose Hunter, coming to you today with another episode of the Purpose Hunter podcast. I am really super excited today to bring you this interview. Um, we're going to be interviewing uh, Professor Fred Beitler. And uh, to, to give you a little bit of a background of how I know him, uh, my father-in-law married uh, Verona, and Fred is... Verona's son-in-law, I believe is how I would say that. Is that correct? Yep, that's that's right. All right. And uh, and I've just gotten to know you, Fred, over the years. And um, I've just always been intrigued with um, a lot of different parts about one of the most important parts and, and is that you've always been really well read. And I can tell that because no matter what topic I bring up, you always know stuff about it. It's, it's just sort of fun to, to hear that. So Fred Beitler, welcome to the Purpose Center podcast. Thank you, Matt. Yes, looking forward to it. Awesome. Um, what I'd like you to do is, if you could, to give our, uh, our listeners a, sort of a frame of reference a little bit. Um, can you give them like a 30,000 foot view of where you've come from and where you've, what, what's led you to where you are today? So they can have a little bit of an idea of, of a background as we ask the questions today. Hey, um, do you mean, uh, as I'm thinking about it, do you mean uh, academic or uh, professional background and that? Yeah, both. And, and a little right. bit of family, too, because it just always helps for people to have a little reference of what we're going to be talking about. Okay, to start out, uh, let's see. I'm Fred Beiler. I live in uh, southern Wisconsin, southeast Wisconsin, in the city of Racine. Uh, we moved there about eight years ago. And uh, our career is sort of gone in several different directions, but it's always had some really significant North Stars. Uh, I'm a historian by training, uh, primarily of American history, but uh, I've expanded into many other fields. I'm currently teaching a couple courses, uh, going all the way back to the ancients. Um, I primarily teach adults, uh, but I also uh, teach um, uh, freshmen uh, in college at a small liberal arts college nearby. Uh, so I've varied uh, different capacities. I've been um, uh, an administrator at a major research university in their continuing ed program. I've been director of general education at a liberal arts college and, and uh, uh, a researcher in Chicago for uh, Illinois politics and Illinois history. Uh, and also uh, probably one of the highlights of my career, I was deputy historian of the House of Representatives in Washington from 2005 to 2010. And so in this last a oh, few months I've been writing and, and uh, speaking 
trying to get people to understand how the US Congress functions. Uh, another thing I do um, is I teach teachers. I have a, I've been doing this for a number of years, uh, summer programs that I uh, will bring high school history and government teachers in uh, for intensive seminars to understand how the US government works. Uh, a few things personal, um, been married, we're coming up on our 40th wedding anniversary in about yeah. six months. Uh, I have three grown sons uh, and two of whom were married uh, and four uh, grandchildren. So, um, and tomorrow we get to see, uh, get to babysit two of them again. So looking forward to that. Well, that's beautiful. And now you guys, now everyone who's listening knows why I am so intrigued with Fred Beitler, given that background. And, and this is really going to set the stage. So I'm going to jump right in, if you don't mind, Fred. Sure. So I'm going to start by asking you my favorite question. My favorite question is purpose or passion, which comes first? What do you think? Hmm. Okay. I'm you have to think about that one uh, as I'm thinking about it. Is one of the things I'm passionate about is learning. Uh, I one of the things I do is I teach lifelong learners, and I try to instill that kind of passion uh, and excitement, and enthusiasm for uh, whatever field that we're in. I have a few very specific ones, um, and here I'm trying to align the purpose that I have in life with what I'm passionate about, uh, and so that's been. Uh, been a tricky one, especially as one's careers have shifted in different ways. If you worked for this university or this um, uh, position, but some of it, you know, there's a purpose that you have and you try to align the passion with what you're called to do. Uh, and one of the things I'm called to do is to remember. Uh, that's what a historian does. Uh, he remembers and reminds people. Uh, one of the, the, the key um, key life verses you have uh, comes from uh, Psalm 90, uh, and it's the Psalm of Moses. Teach us to number our days aright that we, will gain a, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Uh, and that's something that I've sort of driven ever since, uh, ever since I went, was reading when I was a kid, I think it was like 12 or 13, I was reading um, uh, the story of King Solomon, uh, as well as Ecclesiastes. And uh, that quest for the desire of wisdom is something that that uh, I've always sort of sought in mind. It's one of the things that, that I feel I've been called to do and to explain that to others. And what do I mean by wisdom? Uh, wisdom, as Charles Spurgeon defined it, uh, was the right use of knowledge. And so it's a very practical thing. And so uh, as you see, as I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> I don't know what other people say, passion or purpose, but uh, they're so closely linked together that right. uh, uh, it's hard to separate one. And you want to make sure that one's calling, one's purpose uh, is aligned with what you really are excited about. Wow. Uh, and so that's probably as best I answer it. It sounds like you're leaning towards passion coming first. Would that be correct? Yeah, I think so. Because um, okay. one of the things growing up, I was, a, as you could if you could see uh, in my study, I'm, I'm, I've always loved books. Uh, and that's one of the things I was drawn to earlier, passionate about them, different kinds of stories, but also true stories, histories. Mm -hmm. uh, and there it was, I, I sort of felt I, you know, since I think it was about the, the age of eight that I was going to be called to be a historian uh, of some kind. And that's a, a storyteller. That's a passion that's there. And from there is how do you build on to direct that passion into things that are productive? So yeah, I think you're right in, in seeing passion as prior to purpose. 
Well, now it's funny. I just love that question because it sort of puts the topic on the table. But you know what question I'm really asking you, Fred? Why were you born, my friend? Oh, why were you born? Um, why were you born? Not why someone else. Why, were you, why, why was you I born? born? Um, yeah, that's a, a thing. What am I supposed to do in life? Uh, I'm born for a specific purpose, and several of them is caught up in the kind of roles that one has. Uh, I'm I'm born to be a son uh, who is supposed to honor their parents. Uh, I'm born to be a, a young man who grows up and then an older man. I'm, grown, I'm born to be a father. Uh, I'm born to be a husband and I'm born to be a, a father and then a, a grandfather. Uh, those are some of the things that I'm born as a personal role. Um, but there's other things that I'm called to do once put on this earth for a distinct purpose. And as I think about it, there are certain kinds of things that only I can do. Uh, and that's what everybody's like. We're, uh, there are certain things that you are called to do in your uniqueness uh, that others may be able to do certain things, but not in the same way. Uh, and not in the same way to remind or to, to tell the kind of uh, stories to tales to get people to think in other ways um that's uh i mean it's a something that i hadn't thought of recently uh but that is certain things and i'm i'm uh one of the things that i try to align several of the the callings and passion about and i'll let me give you a little story uh this year about two months ago uh i discovered was the hundredth anniversary of my grandfather uh, coming to Ellis Island uh, from Germany. And so uh, one of the things, I've been doing a little bit of family history and family connection. And, and uh, uh, so if that's one of the things I have to tell people about, especially my own, especially grandchildren, uh, what that means is, well, can you align other things in your life to help support that? And so one of the courses that I'm teaching now uh, at uh, for adults is a course is a course on immigration and ethnicity. And so uh, on in American history. And one of the things is I'm using a personal story, but also connecting that story uh, to get others to think in that way, just explore their own path uh, past uh, and whether they know uh, specifics or that they don't, uh, they can at least get the general trends that are there. And so that's one of the things I'm doing professionally that incorporates some of the need that I have because I, I remember my grandfather. Uh, my cousin does also, uh, but hardly anyone else does. Yeah, uh, and that story, I wanna make sure that stays alive. And that that's something that, that's uh, uh, not a you know central part of, of my life, but uh, it's one that incorporates uh, larger areas. And and you mentioned um, uh, that uh, your your father married my mother-in-law. Uh, uh, she yeah. was a widow, and and um, one of the things I got a chance to do a couple of weeks ago, uh, actually when you and I last yeah. uh, spoke, uh, is uh, I did some research on her. Uh, background or her genealogy, her ancestors. Right. And I discovered some very fascinating connections, uh, including that uh, uh, they didn't come on the Mayflower, uh, yeah. but they came on the boat afterwards. Uh, <laughs> and that her ancestors signed one of the most important New England town covenants. Uh, so whenever you hear, uh, you know, a New England town hall, uh, I want 
my mother-in-law and my wife to realize, wait, uh, our folk, our people were there signing one of the most important uh, definitions of what a, a town would be uh, in New England back in, in uh, it was 1638. So that's a, a story that no one else would know, and it would have been lost if right. if you were if you weren't here. That's exactly right. So let yeah. me. I'm going to push you a little bit because you know it's funny. You said um, when I said why were you born, and you said given different roles you had, and so it seems to be that central one when you. And I'm going to come back and ask you a pointed question to it, but you were born because you were supposed to remember stuff that nobody else can remember. Was it because you are? I mean, what? If you had to put one one thing, you say God gave me life here for this. How would you describe that? Let's see, uh, going to another verse, um, uh, one of my um, one of my favorite verses. Uh, and let's see, because usually it's part of three. Um, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, that's Ephesians 3.10. Uh, I, I had to pause for a moment because I didn't memorize that alone. What I did is I memorized uh, Ephesians 2.8.9 and then 10. Uh, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, and that's something that as you you grow up and you live and you put your career together and you think, what are these good works that God has called me to do? And they're not a single one. Uh, they're numerous ones that are connected one with another. And sometimes questions of obedience that uh, when one disobeys, they, maybe the work gets tainted or, or tarnished, and maybe the path goes in a different direction. Others that uh, as you're faithful in the calling that you've given, uh, it may be that that doors get closed because of your convictions on certain yeah. things. Uh, and I don't know fully the path, but uh, the path, what I'm supposed to be doing, the work I'm supposed to be doing is to be obedient to God. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and he shows me and has shown me uh, the path kind of step by step. Right. Uh, sometimes you have a longer path, sometimes a longer vision, what you think you're called to, but then uh, it moves in a different direction. And and right. some of it, but God's in control and... and uh, uh, yeah, I, I, try I to, love that. Fred, yeah. this is this is very fascinating to me. And I hope and my 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 desire for people who are listening to this is that they're going to hear stuff in our conversation that will help them recognize some clues in their own life. What was the catalyst for you? You mentioned being eight years old or was there a certain was there what was there one event or maybe a, a number of events that were a catalyst that actually led you to that, that you, you started to scratch the surface of this of who you are? Who you were called to be? Yeah, who am I called to be? Um, yeah, it could be uh, some family vacation. Probably a good family vacation is one. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know. I'll have to go back. And me as a historian uh, is one who wants to challenge memory. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what one thinks to remember, I've got to go back and and make sure it connects with uh, events that took place in in my life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it may be a little inkling that uh, was through some of the books that I was reading mm -hmm. uh, when I was eight. And, and that was where I was always be drawn uh, history wise. Um, mm -hmm. When I was in junior high, I would be drawn to certain sections of, of the uh, uh the public library and then the, the school library. But one uh, key formative event was a family vacation when uh, we uh, went out to Washington, D.C., and we stopped at Gettysburg. Uh, 
uh, and and I had a chance to uh, think and and spend quite a bit of time on that battlefield, uh, but also uh, experience Washington D.C. too, and get a sense of Washington D.C. What what was that like? And this is it's strange, but um, I remember going in Washington D.C. saying that this was when I was in junior high. Um, I want to go and live in Washington D.C. once. Uh, and then I, when I was in college, uh, I spent my uh, sort of focused uh, some of my learning to make sure that I had a semester that I could go as an intern in Washington. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I did. I spent senior uh, fall semester senior year as an intern in Washington D.C. Uh, and when I was there, I liked walking around different spots. And I remember one night looking at the U.S. Capitol uh, and saying. I looked at the Senate side and says, eh, but I looked at the House side and said, one day I want to work there. Uh, and, and this was when I was 20 years old. Uh, and when I was 45, I was appointed deputy historian of the House. And it was never a lure to, to work at the Supreme Court or, or at the White House or or even the Senate. Uh, it was man, something called me to go, you know, look at the House, see what that is like. Uh, and and. There's other sort of signposts that you look and see. Uh, it, it, you look back, you're, you're doing it in retrospect, uh, but you all of a sudden discover that things are uh, connected in certain ways, that paths are set out. Uh, I've got a couple other stories too like that, but uh, uh, yeah. this is a Q&A, we can, we can yeah, no, no, this see is, where you want to direct it. That's, that's why I love this format, because what I want, when you just said that, I mean, think about that. You said when you were 25 years old or 24 years old, you said, I want to work there one day. 20 you years were just, old. I was you were 20. 20. You were looking at that and then that happened. So I guess what I want to, what would you, what would, what would there be as a piece of advice to someone who's struggling a little bit of this question of why are you on this planet? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? What is something you would tell them to pay attention to or what piece of advice would you give a person who's a little bit struggling with, how do I figure out what I'm on this planet? What would you say to them? Examine yourself. See what really motivates you. What gets you up in the morning? What do you want to stay up late at night doing? Uh, and see if you can use that and reflect on that as to why you're here. Uh, as to, in some ways, how you can, sometimes it's make a living, uh, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes see what you're drawn to. Uh, when you're when you find yourself in some ways most alive, mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, try to make and build on that uh, things that you know the the imagination that I was reading some of those books when I was young, uh, and I was thinking how can I use this, how can I form this as a way to spend much of my life doing this, mm -hmm. um, and so. You, a lot of it is self-examination mm -hmm. and see what really drives you, uh, what really sort of speaks to your soul. And as you engage with other souls, uh, sometimes, Corinne, and I'm, I'm not probably not the most relational guy, uh, but I am one mm -hmm. who's passionate about certain things that I want people to learn because I've learned them. Uh, and I want to tell people about them. And I mm -hmm. found that when I was young and built on that. Um, so I'm not sure that's that is probably a good why a good advice. One of the things um, I, I teach, and I like teaching on this. Um, there's uh, uh, sometimes you have to do certain things, 
right? And even always we have to do certain things in life, but sometimes even when the things you have to do, call out what you really want and want to highlight in there. Uh, and one of the things that, that uh, I get to teach on to students is uh, what was written on the Oracle of Delphi. Uh, and that's the, the inscription, know thyself. Uh, and that's one of the most important things one can do. And so uh, don't, sh uh, don't, uh, uh, don't distance yourself from the knowledge of the self. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's the knowledge of the self as, as one, uh, well, Oliver Cromwell told his portraitist, uh, to paint me warts and all. Uh, mm -hmm. To be, yeah, sometimes you need to be quite frank with yourself as some of the failings and sort of the push, the discipline to, to get the self-reflection. Um, one of the things that that I used to do when I was high school and I kept with it uh, is I had, um, at least on your birthday, uh, think and sit and write of what you want to do in a year, of what you want to do in five years, of what you want to do in 10 years. And then each year you go back and take a look at what you've done. It's a goal setting thing that I started in high school and uh, I usually go back and do it uh, and take a look. And sometimes you can't always do it on the day. Uh, there's one thing I, I insist that I have to do on the day is take a self-portrait. I have to take a self-portrait on that day. But the other reflection and thinking about what your goals have been and what you've accomplished this year and what's still to be open in the future. Uh, those are some of the things that you work one's own life as to find some ways to, to regulate oneself. Right. Teach us to number our days aright so we can gain a heart of, heart of wisdom. That's one of the things I've tried to do uh, in my own life and not always successfully. Uh, but sometimes the goals are the same thing uh, year after year because they're, uh, as you put it, big elephant. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you're chipping away at these. Uh, that's not exactly what you ask. But, but No, it was. Uh, I think th those are two nuggets that you just gave people. Um, the, the, the first one being of, of don't be afraid to self-examine. Don't be afraid to be, you know, in essence, you look in the mirror and you see something that you don't necessarily like. But if you think that you're always going to be stuck with that, that's a bad thing. But I, you and I have always gotten, have, have been on the same page with that. But then secondly, as far as that last piece you just said, which is to be able to do this once a year, do it as an exercise, do it as a, as a way so you can actually look at what have I done? Where am I going? And, and then, and then revisit that because a lot of people forget to do that. They really, yeah. I think they forget to do that or they don't. They don't want to do that because maybe they don't, they don't like what do they saw. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. it's it's fascinating to go back and, and see and discover things that, that you've done in the past. I, I keep a lot of things, uh, uh, as you can see, and my wife reminds me all the time about. Uh, <laughs> and some of them are, are things that are very significant. Yeah. Uh, others are the writings that I have, diaries that I kept back in, yeah. you know, in, in high school or in college or the journals that I kept in. Uh, on some of my first jobs or or some of the first times my uh, you know, children are born or I see them make decisions that uh, and try to figure out and sort of talk myself through how best that I can um, advise them and shape them and, and encourage them. So and I don't always go back and, and look closely, but uh, I, I do some. And let me give you one uh, example. This summer, one of the really my, my spiritual mentor passed away. Uh, he was the, I had known him for uh, actually since 1973. So uh, that would be 50 years I had known him. And uh, he was the pastor in our church. Uh, he's the one who married us. He 
dedicated our first two boys, um, baptized, uh, and then uh, uh, gave me some decisions when I was in seminary and everything else. Uh, and then uh, afterwards, and so I've kept up, I kept up with him uh, for quite a while. And he announced, uh, his family let me know that he was dying. Uh, that he was still lucid, but he was on the the long path uh, toward towards passing away. And so I went in my uh, study here uh, and pulled out my sermon notes that he had uh, um, uh, preached back in the early the late seventies and the early nineteen eighties. And I went back and I wrote him a long letter, uh, a four pages single spaced typed, uh, and went over a number of the things that he taught me. Mm -hmm. uh, he taught me in the sermons that were there that I still not just remember. Some of these, I hadn't looked at these notes for 40 years, uh, but I remembered the sermons. And I remember the very act of writing things down by hand. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's something that's important. But I was able to give that to him. Uh, wow. And, and um, uh, his, his son uh, said that he really was moved by that. Uh, when he had a chance to read it aloud to his to his father. Uh, How special. So How special is that? That is really cool. And, it, you know, it's funny that you're bringing that up. And um, we're. I knew we were going to run out of time fast. So we're, we're running out of time. But I, there's one question I want to ask you. But before I do, right. you just you just let everybody know about a clue. A clue is, is there somebody in your life, if you're looking for purpose and you're trying to get connected to it, is there someone in your life that taught you something? that maybe those lessons were not supposed to go to that person's grave when they die. And maybe that's tied to your purpose for sharing. And when I think about you as a teacher, Fred, I just, I just feel that I feel it, that you know that you're, you're meant to be a teacher so you can pass on that wisdom. You can pass on those lessons. Is that true? Is that a, does that sum oh. up a little bit what you were saying? Yes, absolutely. I think that's a good um, way of putting I it. And I love it. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. And here, this is a, a practical thing that uh, um, uh, your your listeners may want to have when you're thinking about doing this. Um, actually, physically get a pen out yeah. and write these things down. Uh, and one of the things that I've learned, um, not just on my own, but through other uh, sciences, is that the really the act of writing something down, the physical use of fingers and touch will imprint it on your brain. Uh, in certain ways, even if you never use the notes, but something that is in writing uh, is so powerful, especially as ways to to uh, hold yourself to account in many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's more than just the typing. Uh, yeah. There's something actually uh, that changes the shape of the brain and it sort of hardwires some of those uh, uh, pathways of memory if you write them out. And right. so you, I look back at my handwriting and I was, you know, when I was recording some of these sermons and it's like, eh, it's not the best. And now it's uh, a little juvenile then because I was, you know, my 20s or, or some of it in my teens when I met, met him. But uh, to find a good spiritual mentor uh, who will shape and give, uh, give counsel. And sometimes you may not want to hear it. Uh, but it's one that you can trust, an individual that you can trust to to know that he's one who's encouraging uh, and who, who really thinks and has things that that person needs to pass on. Uh, and to have you to have that same sense that you have things that need to be passed on. Uh, that's one of the things that, that God wants us to do. Uh, Absolutely. And, and you just confirm what I've always believed about writing. 
what that there's something magical about it and it's not magical now you're saying there's a science connection to it and i love that and i want people to pay attention to that because when i talk about brainstorming the fact that you've got a uh, i always talk about having a pen uh not only a pen but a favorite pen not only a favorite pen in your favorite color and all of a sudden when you're actually writing it out there is that connection to it so my last question for you fred what would be what is the legacy you want to leave on this world or with this world the day that you you pass on what, is there a legacy that you want to leave on as far as your purpose is concerned? What would that be? As I look at my desk, um, I have a post-it note with the word legacy written out wow. uh, that I see every time that I go sit at my desk. Hmm. Um, there's a number of things that I would want to do, um, but I would want people to see me as a man of integrity, hmm. uh, one who's authentic, one who is uh, in his faith, uh, one who's struggling to live it out, but understanding that uh, it's not a person that uh, um, is swayed by others, but rather has a firm sense of purpose to fulfill what uh, the the task that God has given him. Uh, I think that's one of the things that I would like to leave as a legacy, especially my, my family uh, and some of the others who know me, uh, that this was a man who had purpose, who understood what his calling was, uh, and he lived it out uh, with the Holy Spirit's help uh, as a, an example to make sure that certain things, certain ideas are passed on to the next generation. Oh, Fred, I, I uh, maybe love that. That, that, that is so, so cool. So if, if today's episode with Fred Beitler has resonated with you, download it and listen to it again and write down just one idea. Fred shared so many good ideas, but write down at least one of them that you heard today that will give you some clues, helping you to find and live your purpose every day. Until next time, this is Matt Barafato, The Purpose Hunter. And my challenge for you and for everyone is this, get excited about what, get excited about your ideas, get excited about what you're passionate about, and then let people feel your emotion. Because if you do, you will be on your way to letting your purpose find you. Thank you, Fred Beitler, for sharing some of your thoughts and wisdom and insights on your purpose journey with us today. Okay. Thank you, Matt. And thank you for putting this together. You're the purpose hunter, right? To call us to finding our own purpose. Why I'm here.